Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. is everybody doing today you are listening to game day birds not balls i'm micah burgess and i am a birth doula here in waco texas and i am really really excited about this episode today i have three amazing strong beautiful smart women in here with me today and they are all a part of compleo why don't you guys uh take a few minutes to introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then uh, your official title and what that means, starting with Miss Kelsey. All right, I'll uh, get us off running. Um, I'm Kelsey Boss, and I am a mom of a rambunctious, almost two-year-old, mm-hmm. and macaroni and cheese lover. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, officially by day, I own Compleo Physical Therapy and Wellness, and I am the lead physical therapist on the pediatric physical therapy side. And we keep uh, families healthy, happy, and pain-free, including new moms. Wonderful. Yes, we're going to go deeper into that in just a second. Next. Hi, hey guys. I my name is Lauren Sands. I also am a mother to a just recently turned four year old son. He is awesome. Um, I am a pediatric registered dietitian and a breastfeeding specialist. Almost IBCLC. Take my exam uh, just last month. So, so waiting for those results. Everybody's got their fingers crossed <laughs> in the room. I love it. We don't need to cross fingers. She she rocked. Oh, it. she's gonna get it. She oh. rocked it anxiously awaiting those results. Um, and I am working at Compleo, yeah, as the pediatric dietitian and breastfeeding specialist. So I love growing babies. That is my jam mm-hmm. and supporting moms in that journey. Um, but I also care for um, kiddos up to 18 and kiddos with kiddos and adults with diabetes. Oh, wow. Cool. Great. Uh, I'm last. I'm Aubrey Smith. Uh, I'm the pelvic floor therapist at Compleo. Physical therapy and wellness, if I want to use the full title, which I try to do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a mom to a three-year-old. I know we've got all the ages in here, mm-hmm. and I am due any day with number two. Literally any day. Literally could happen right now. So, Fingers crossed again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's what we're hoping yeah. for. We're going to be live and We're just going to laugh and do all the things to get this baby moving. Um I really enjoy just taking care of little man when I'm not at work and doing all the parks and finding what Waco has to offer for our uh, kiddos. So, yeah. Great. Good. Okay. So let's kind of narrow this down a little bit. So I think of Compleo as kind of this one-stop shop. And so we're going to hone in specifically on the childbearing years. And so if you have a a woman that is recently pregnant and she's got all of these things that she's thinking about and, you know, what do I need to do and how am I going to build this team from prenatal to postpartum and all that good stuff. 
Y'all jump in and tell our listeners what they would find in this specific time in their life um, and how you guys can help them. And if you can do it like in a chronological order, that would be super, 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 but go for it. Oh man, who wants to start? I was like, I feel like I should start. Aubrey should start. I get the majority of the uh, pregnancy patients. Cool. So um, seeing women from basically conception to postpartum, it's kind of where I lie. Anything that ails them between the belly button and the knee, pretty much, okay. <laughs> that can uh, go on during pregnancy. So I get a lot of the 20 weekers, a little bit past, your body's changing hormonally, mm-hmm. things are shifting, and you have no idea what to do with it. Uh, that's kind of where I start in how to use the muscles, how to adjust to these changes, how to not guard and defend against the changes that your body's going mm-hmm. through and how to give yourself the most support. Um, so activating your abdominal muscles. Can you do that? Can you not? You mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. You can uh, and should. So uh, if that seems like you're getting a lot of back pain or different things like that. So I feel like that's where I really start in, with new moms and on their journey is just finding this new body and what this body can empower them to do. Love that. And then leading up to birth, like through that, um, preparing your pelvic floor for birth. Birth So good. Is through your pelvic floor. Uh, Hopefully everyone is aware of that. Your (laughs) pelvic floor is the group of muscles that sits at the base of your pelvis. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that those muscles are able to relax and release and let baby come uh, through into this world and not guarding and not defending and trying to keep things inside to an extreme extent. Clearly, we want to keep the baby inside for as long as possible. Right. But at some point, those muscles need to relax. So people will start to have like pain with sex when they're pregnant. And they're like, oh, this will go away after the baby. And I'm like, but that's how the baby gets out. So we've got to train this to move and to, to groove. So that's another step in kind of pregnancy preparation. It is. And that's one thing that we also try to at Wago Doula cover in our client class is, okay, when you get to the pushing part, we're past like labor technically, and it's time to deliver a baby. It's very important that you are using these muscles. I mean, we got to push, we got to bring baby down, but that you're relaxing at the same time. And so Uh, Kegels is a great way to figure out how to tighten, but then more importantly, how to relax and what that feels like. And so we like for our clients to kind of practice that a little bit, because again, it's, it's super similar to like, if you're have to go to the restroom and, you know, pregnant women are constipated quite often. So what do you have to do? You have to relax first of all, so that you can go, but then you also have to push. And, and sometimes it's strenuous. So it's very similar to that in delivery. So I love that you brought that up about engaging those muscles, but then that they also need to know how to relax. Cause I think a lot of people don't know that. Well, yeah. And your abdominal muscles are so important during mm-hmm. delivery as well. And they don't know how to use their abdominals without their pelvic floor or vice mm-hmm, versa. Mm-hmm. And so coordinating that all together is really, really important. That's great. Thanks. I was going to say, Lauren's given me some great advice recently (laughs) about this uh, preparing for breastfeeding uh, business. So I'd say that's definitely next. next. Yeah, Yeah. cool. I I, um, also kind of like to see moms both before baby's here and clearly after baby's here. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much preparation that goes into 
um, you know, how planning how you're going to feed your baby. Right. Um, that really, I love meeting with moms ahead of time and establishing that rapport and, and, you know, giving general breastfeeding, general infant care advice, but also, you know, meeting that mom where she is, hearing what her goals are, hear what, hearing what her fears are, what she thinks that she might struggle with, you know, different things in her past medical history so that might affect her ability to breastfeed because we set such high expectations mm. for ourselves when it comes to being a mom mm-hmm. in general. Definitely. <laughs> but especially when it comes to 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 feeding our babies and it is such a punch in the gut for a lot of moms when you've just experienced this this powerful I'm a beast I just got this baby I grew this baby and I got them out of my body mm-hmm. and now it's all supposed to be downhill and mm. and rainbows and butterflies and and everything you know feeding's just supposed to be great all of my friends that I see feeding are just so great and and it doesn't always happen that way and yeah. I think that establishing you know that support system before baby is here to really say hey this is what this is what it could look like under normal circumstances. Hey, this is what it could look like if if things, you know, if we're dealing with the NICU, if we're dealing with low blood sugars, sure. if we're dealing with jaundice. And hey, you know what? This is what it might look like for you based mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. you know, your history of, of PCOS or diabetes or all of these sort of things. And just really coming up with realistic expectations. So good. Realistic expectations and knowing that you have somewhere to turn the moment you have an ounce of self-doubt after baby comes. Um, Instead of getting in your head and thinking there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with baby, you know, I'm a failure, I can't do this. Um, Because you can. Um, And and even if you decide not to, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that you are supported in any decision, um, any decision that you make as a mom, because the decisions that you make as a mom for your child are the best decisions for your child and for your family. Um, So meeting with moms ahead of time before baby's here is really where I like to start building that relationship Mm -hmm. and helping moms. Makes so much sense. Oh, yes. Setting those realistic expectations. um, And then also that way we've already met, we're already BF so that whenever baby gets here, you can just holler at me and I can pop on over. Um, not afraid you know. to show the boob. <laughs> not you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> She's great. Hop She's on not over, scary yeah. at all. Um, to help you out once baby does get here and provide that support. So, so, so good. I think a lot of people, if you're talking about lactation, breastfeeding and all that, then, okay, I don't have to deal with that until after baby's born. Mm-hmm. And if I'm struggling with it. And so right. while, okay, that. Yes, still talk to someone if that is what ended up happening. But, man, to really prepare mm-hmm. and think through that beforehand is really important. Because, I mean, again, just like if y'all haven't figured it out yet, especially if you are not pregnant or just newly pregnant or whatever, pregnancy does not always go the way you would like for it to go. Childbirth does not go the way you want it to go always. Breastfeeding doesn't always happen the way you thought it was going to happen. So this, that should be the norm. That should be how you think about it. Okay. So yeah, get the birth plan, figure out how you want to feed baby, you know, all of those things. And, and let's shoot for that. Get those support people behind you and with you to accomplish that. But we tell our clients, Hey, sometimes plan B is better than plan A. And if you can embrace that, then you're not going to feel all the stress Mm -hmm. that comes with, dang it, it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, feeling like a failure in whatever capacity that is. So I really, really appreciate how 
we, we understand. And I love working with people and recommending people that are not going to put shame on women because they're doing it differently or it's shifted. 100%. And I, I, I feel like that is what, you know, if for all my mamas out there listening right now, if you take one thing away from this, from what I'm saying today is that breastfeeding is not all or nothing. Breastfeeding Mm. is not always the best in every single situation. What is best is loving your baby Mm -hmm. and, and feeding your baby. And that can look like a lot of different things and in feeling confident in those decisions that you are making is what is most important. So good. So good. All right, Miss Kelsey. All right. Um, I usually come into a play a little bit later on the pediatric physical therapy side. I think we put a lot of thought into what our labor is going to look like. And then we don't think much past that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're just kind of, we're not really educated on how hard it's going to be or how overwhelming it's going to be. I mean, even as a healthcare provider, I was like, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. I work with babies mm-hmm. and totally. it was not. <laughs> um, so I usually, um, as a part of our pregnancy and postpartum package, I do meet with moms before baby comes and we talk through setting up your play space Um Talk through some of the registry things. Toy and marketing companies are really good at what they do, and they make you think you need to spend so much money on all this stuff that you don't really need and kind of hinders development. So on the earlier end, we work on just preparation. Do you really need all these things? You Mm -hmm. don't. And then um, once the baby's here, uh, we do a lot of things from positioning um, with back to sleep, plagiocephaly, which is flatness on one side of the head, mm-hmm. has gotten really common. And if you start treating that within the first couple of months, we can avoid a helmet. So wow. um, really empowering families not to just wait and see what happens, but really to get help with families. And so positioning, um, how to do tummy time, we do motor milestone courses, because um, a lot of times parents don't They haven't been around kids a lot. They're not really sure how to engage with baby. So baby hits a couple months and they love the cuddles and they figured out the feeding and they're like, okay, what do we do? Like what do I do with them when they're awake? Yeah, they're awake for longer (laughs) than 30 minutes now. Like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And so that's where we come in. Um, We have online and in-person courses and resources on how to promote milestone development because we're seeing a lot of delay in today's society as a result from Mm the standards and walkers and things. And then also um, Lauren and I work really closely together. A lot of babies have trouble feeding because of tightness in their neck muscles. Mm. So they're not able to get their heads into the correct position to breastfeed. And so we'll work in tandem with a lot of families who have that um, preference. And then we're there all the way through, you know, you talked about kind of childbearing years, like as baby continues to grow, if Mm -hmm. there's, Delayed crawling, walking, that's kind of where we jump in and help out with that and get kids moving and playing. That's so good. Oh, my goodness. And then it's like full circle because you've had your baby now. Time to go talk to Aubrey again. So I love that's why I keep telling you guys, y'all going to have to advertise in some way. Uh, one stop shop. I mean, I'm telling you, that is a big, big plus that you guys have that you're all in one spot. You know each other. Like you said, you work together in tandem. Mm-hmm. How great is that for these parents who know they need support beginning to end to have some yeah. people that have a relationship already? Right. It's so amazing. I can just speak, you know, um, prior to joining Compleo, I 
kind of did the lactation, the nutrition thing in a hospital. So I had other teammates. It was multidisciplinary, but it was very, um, still very segregated. And so I didn't even think twice about the fact, oh, my baby's got a preference for one side versus the other. Oh, well, you know, maybe it's related to that slacker boob or something like that. <laughs> and then slacker now, <laughs> hey, it's a thing. Boob. It's a thing. Hey, and it's Lefty. normal. It's normal to have a slacker boob. Mom. Should we it's have okay. a t-shirt for people <laughs> yes. that says slacker boob and you On pick the side? Yes. Yes. I don't know. It's a th- it could be a thing. I love it. Um, but, you know, being able to work at Compleo and work in this environment where we, where we are all so close and we all have different specialties that that interrelate and, and work together so well. I've had so much, I've seen so many babies have almost immediate success after, you know, meeting with Kelsey, our page, our, our pediatric Yay. physical therapist to get a little bit of just loosening of those tight muscles. And then they're able to go to both breasts. Um, you know, moms feel less pain, less clogged ducts on that affected side. Um, it's just been amazing to have that teamwork and be able to work together. I've loved it in particular because I see moms while they're pregnant. They're like, mm-hmm. my back is killing me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, we're going to work on your back. We're going to work on your abdominals, your pelvic floor. And inevitably we end up talking about breastfeeding and playing sure. and all the different things because that's what moms tend to talk mm-hmm. about when they come in. Mm-hmm. Other than complaining about their pain, which I listen to and take in and appreciate. Um, but then I can give them these wonderful resources to talk to and to yeah. get to quickly because a lot of it is this time between you know something's wrong and how soon you can see someone. Yeah. Because the sooner you see them, the more sleep you're going to get, the better oh, yeah. your oh, yeah. attitude and disposition mm-hmm. are going to be because I had struggles with my first mm-hmm. and I just like persevered through it, which I was like, go me. I'm t- such a good mom persevering <laughs> through this. And now I'm like, I'm a terrible mom. I should have gotten the help that I needed. And yes. and it yes. would have just been so nice. So even just to be like, Lauren's right next door. Like she's great. And if you have any questions for her, just like mm-hmm. pop by and see her or mm-hmm. give her a call. Like she's great. She's on social media. Um, and the same with Kelsey. It's just like, they're here for you. Mm-hmm. And I've had so many patients that are kind of going over to Lauren and they like pop in and they're like, you want to see the baby? And I'm like, yeah, I want to see the baby. And so it's just, it's a family. It is a family. We're a family at the clinic and then keeping the families. I mean, I can't, I love having Aubrey now because I can't tell you how often like, okay, so the kid's a year old and the mom's like, okay, they're running now. We're like, great. And I'm like, okay, these are the games you should play with them. And mom's like, oh, I can't do that. I'm leaking. And you're like, uh, That's not normal. So here we are back normal. at Aubrey. Got it. Um, I mean, there's just so many things that I think just get written off as normal mm-hmm. that can be helped. That like women are just living with, yep. and we don't have to live with mm, that. So good. And we don't have to live with those questions. I mean, even if sometimes it's just one visit for a little bit confidence boost, sometimes mm-hmm. we yeah. just need mm-hmm. that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, it really is fun. The whole. Mm-hmm. Oh, full circle yeah, that's all the way around. It's so awesome. fabulous. You know, as y'all are talking, um, it's so funny. I keep relating everything back to what I do because that's what I do, right? <laughs> I do, do y'all do that too? People yeah. start talking and go, oh, it's so similar. For my, anyway, so one of my goals in doing this podcast, writing the book, is to really help normalize birth. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want women to be scared anymore because of the articles they're reading, the things that they're hearing, which... Mm-hmm are real and need to be talked about some of these things, but let's, let's flip it. 
and let's talk about the positive stuff. Okay, so trying to, trying to normalize childbirth. And as you guys are talking, I'm like, you know what? I want people to understand and get that, okay, the stigma of, okay, yes, I, I go see a therapist or I have to talk to a counselor or whatever. And, and people feel like there's something negative about that. Like there's something wrong with you. You better go talk to a psychiatrist, right? I think sometimes when you hear physical therapy or pelvic floor specialist or, you know what I'm saying, lactation, that means something's wrong and no parent wants to feel like something is wrong. And so I think a lot of us avoid getting the help, which is what y'all were talking about earlier, because it means something's wrong. If I have to see a specialist, if I'm going to a therapist, if I'm doing all this stuff, but that's not true. This, this should be, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, everybody, this should be the norm, in my opinion, that you set these um, meetings up, these appointments up and schedule to meet somebody before you get to that point. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, it's, I look at it as like, we're supporting families and meeting their goals. It's mm. never looking at it as there's something wrong. I mean, right. everyone has their own timeline, every kid, every mom is going to, no one's going to go through any of this without challenges. Or if you have, I'd love to meet you and learn how you did it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it really just can make it so much easier Yeah. instead of just questioning at home by yourself or Dr. Googling or um, it's really like kind of as doulas, y'all help treat, y'all kind of look at the person as a whole oh, and yeah. your goals and you meet them there. And that's exactly what mm-hmm. um, we're trying to accomplish as well. When so your body's good. changing, mm-hmm. it's oh, just yeah. constantly changing, whether that's on a monthly cycle, whether that's on a nine-month cycle, mm-hmm. whether that's waiting for your kids to go to kindergarten cycle, like whatever that cycle is hitting menopause cycle, there's all of these cycles that your yeah. body changes regularly. And we don't always notice when it's happening. And then we notice something that's different. We're like, well, that, well, that was different. And then we chalk it up to... My body's changing, but that's the beauty of we learn all about the body mm-hmm. and how to help you change in a way that helps you to thrive with that change Yeah, instead of fighting it or holding okay. back or keeping things in. And I see that a lot with pain with sex and mm-hmm. leaking mm-hmm. a ton. There's this like shame associated with yeah. it. And you, I'm the person that you come to and you go, I like, mm-hmm. it hurts every time I poop. Yeah, that's just you come to me and you're like, it hurts every time I poop. Right. Let's work on that. There's all sorts of different strategies and changes you can make. And um, I'm that person that you can email and be like, I pooped and it didn't hurt. And like, (laughs) you can just don't share that with everybody. (laughs) And so seeing it more as a support system that I'm professionally trained to give, but love to do as opposed to keeping it secret and keeping it Mm -hmm. inside and not being able to share with anyone and knowing that they're of strategies and things you can yes. do and you're not alone not alone not alone never alone not alone don't y'all love that i mean so happy for our waco community and all the many different things that we have to offer young parents and in getting pregnant and having babies and raising families and all of that i mean there's just so many things out there so um, yeah, you're definitely not alone. Okay, I want to hear a little snippet of your birth experiences. Oh, and just so you know, here on this podcast, it does not matter how you had your baby. We have had 
all kinds of people in here being interviewed in terms of outcome or what happened. And if you were like, oh, no, girl, I walked in and said, hit me up with the epidural. As soon as I walked in, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. It's all good. So go ahead, Lauren. Okay. Um, so, you know. When I had a baby, I thought I knew everything, right? Because of course I was a baby. I was a baby dietitian, <laughs> you know, <laughs> breastfeeding specialist, all these things. I I was going to be fine. I, I it was going to be perfect. Um, that's not what happened. Um, my I also have type one diabetes myself, so I was terrified okay. my entire pregnancy. I felt like that was the one thing that was out of my control. Um, was what was going to happen to my baby after he was born from mm. a blood sugar standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty pretty neurotic at baseline, but a especially during pregnancy with my blood sugars, just terrified mm-hmm. that my baby was going to be taken from me um, whenever he was born for blood sugar issues. Anyways, well, I had to um, schedule to be induced because of my diabetes. They didn't want me to go full term, okay. which was not something that I had expected, but I was fine with that. You know, I do not... Um, I do not for Aubrey right now, <laughs> just sitting here waiting for baby to come. I was like, oh, I, know, I know my date. I'm just going to walk in there and baby's going to be here. I, I will say that that was kind of nice. Um, Respect. Yeah. <laughs> that is nice for the it, planner. It, it was. Nice. Yes. For the planner and me, it was very wonderful. Um, I also got to pick, you know, I was like, I know that I do not want to have that baby leading into the weekend because I know what or hospital coverage is like. Oh, or on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, so my delay. Delivery was rather uncomplicated. Um, I did get all the drugs. Prior to getting the drugs, I was saying, why in the world would anyone ever <laughs> want to do this? Right. Um, after the drugs, I was like, all right, sign me up again tomorrow. <laughs> this is great. I know how I'm having baby yep. number two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, anyways, my, my son got here, and he had um, some respiratory issues at first. I worked in the hospital that I delivered, so I, I knew a lot of people, and the fellow that was on call I did not know. Um, and it was just that immediate sense of distrust. Who the heck are you? I work in the NICU, and I don't know you. Um but the attending walked in and she said, hey, you know what? You know what helps with respiratory issues? Skin to skin. Let's put that baby skin to skin. Let him snuggle with mommy. I immediately broke down sobbing because Aww. I was just like, thank God. Also, in the moment, you forget those things, you know? Oh, like yeah, totally. My, my, my textbook, my birth plan, oh, skin to skin, blah, 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 blah. And then baby's here and you just. Deer, <laughs> deer in the headlights. What? You just what put a baby on me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I got to hold him skin to skin and his his breathing stabilized. His blood sugars were perfect. Um, I did neurotically give him. I brought formula with me to the hospital because I did not want my baby to go to the NICU to get an IV. Um, and we did not have glucose gels at that time in the hospital. So brought that formula, did give him a little bit of formula um, in order to help with some blood sugars. But um, other than that, it was it ended up being OK. Um, but I just will never the thing that the thing that stands out to me the most more than anything else is just that moment when someone came in and said, hey, you know what? We don't necessarily need a medical intervention to fix this breathing. What this baby needs in order to help his breathing is his mama and to just be in that skin to skin. Um, and that was the most powerful. I will never forget that moment. Um and I will never forget that That's attending good. who who gave me that power to and reminded me that in that moment that I am I am mom <laughs> I am strong hear me roar hear me roar <laughs> exactly exactly That's great I love that All right I'm next um, I hired a doula and so I love what y'all do I'm all for Yay, doulas. doulas and did the birth class and so I was the person who was all ready to go in all natural and. 
my friends and husband were constantly telling me I was crazy for doing it. Mm -hmm. And I do think we need to normalize it either way. Yep. Um, and so I am a very planner person and went into labor on my due date, which fit my personality. So we think <laughs> this is great. Go to labor on my due date. We're going to have this baby progressing really well. The I went into labor on the week of Christmas and also having worked in a children's hospital, I also knew the staffing, which mm -hmm. made me a little nervous, but we're like, everyone's like, great, this baby's going to be out by lunch. I'm going to be to like mm. family Christmas. And then, wow. um, somebody stalled. predicted yes. lunch. So anyways, right in front of you. No, that was me and my husband. That was not. Oh, 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 okay. I was no. like, <laughs> surely they did not do that. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> then you're jinxing yourself, yeah. right? We that got a real problem sure. now. No. Um, then labor stalled, and things got a little more dicey from there. And I had never uh, met the OB Jen because it was holidays. Mine was out of town. Sure. It was on Colin B. Jen, who ended up being so fantastic. Okay. Um, she was from Deerwood, who I think y'all know. And mm -hmm. we just ended up having a wonderful experience with her. But I did give in and get, I guess not give in. I chose to get the epidural. Yeah. Um, Power of choice. I, my body wanted to push and the position my baby was in was not, mm. it wasn't going to work. And so I had to rest. And so the epidural let me yeah. rest so that um, some swelling could go down and he could actually come out. And we thought we were out of the woods and um, we ended up, he also had some breathing issues. We did skin to skin, all mm -hmm. that, still had some oxygen dropping. So um, I I think people at hospitals probably hate patients who have worked at hospitals mm -hmm. because I am Like teachers don't make very good students. Right. Uh, <laughs> the medical profession so doesn't I am make great patients. texting and calling pulmonologists I used to work with who were wonderful and talked to the nurse through some things and... Um, that did ultimately get us in the NICU a little bit quicker, which was the right answer. And um, we ended up spending a week in the NICU, but wow. now he's wonderful and doing great. And he was formula fed, fed through his nose, and breastfed his first week. And then we had a successful breastfeeding journey after that. Okay. And so that's where I really saw kind of the value that lactation can bring and kind of the support. Because if I hadn't had that support, mm -hmm. I think I would have just... Breastfeeding in the NICU is not an easy, it is oh, not an easy no. thing. Um, no, thing. it is not. But, and then we couldn't kick him off the boob. Later, <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where that was kind of Great. Thank you for sharing. All right. Me. Uh, so, um, my son's three and a half, so I'm on number two right now. So, I've been thinking about this a lot, I feel like, just labor and preparation and how his delivery was. And so, um, we chose, we had a doula and... Um, she was our support person, and we chose to labor at home as long as possible. And mm -hmm. so um, I worked up until I was 40 weeks. I stopped work. I had my OB appointment. They said, not favorable. I said, cool. What else? We're good. Uh, I had acupuncture that afternoon. And then the next day, I got a pedicure. Yeah, you Always did. get the pedicure. Yes, 100%. Um, just because. It's you there. Yeah, it's there. It's done. <laughs> it's checked. I checked it off. Um, birth plan, <laughs> Manny Petty. Got it. Yeah, that's where we should start the birth plan. Heck yeah. Yes. Okay. Always. Um, so then about uh, four o'clock, my husband gets home. He had been teaching a class that morning. And um, I was like, I feel funny. And I was changing my brake light because 
I'd been pulled over the day before on my way to my OB appointment. My brake light was out. And so I was changing my brake light and I was like, I feel a little funny. And I like went to the bathroom and I was like, that was different. And then he gets home and we're like, let's go on a walk. And we're like, this will be great for labor. So we head on this walk. We get like 200 feet. And I'm like, (sighs) (sighs) and I'm like, my contraction started at about 30 to 45 seconds apart just immediately. Or like 30 to 45 seconds long. Okay. Immediately. At five minutes apart. Yeah. And so we labored at home. We're like, I'm like making my husband make dinner. I'm like in the bathtub and I'm like, it's starting. And he's like timing everything. <laughs> and so we labored at home for about five hours. My doula got there after three. And she, I don't think she was fully convinced we should go to the hospital, but I was like having trouble breathing through mm-hmm. it. And I was like, it's just going to make me feel better. So we went to the hospital and we get there and, um, Things were slightly progressed, and I was GBS positive, so I needed to be there. And so they were like, okay, we'll, we'll keep you. And so um, I get on the antibiotics, and I do about an hour of antibiotics and transition at the same time. Mm, no bueno. And I just blamed the antibiotics. So <laughs> any of this, like, it's the natural labor that's causing me this discomfort. No, I blamed antibiotics for the <laughs> immense amount of pain I was in. And I was like, and it totally worked. I was just... Shaming antibiotics. Anyway, um, so then got in a nice tub, chilled out. They were like, all right, it's almost time for your next round of antibiotics. And I was like, I just need to poop. And they're like, no, <laughs> I don't think you need to poop. And then they <laughs> yeah. checked me, and they were like, no, it's about time to push. So yeah. about 45 minutes later, just sweet inside lying, did some 15 minutes of pushing. Baby came out. There we go. He was great. Uh uh, just a little jaundice. Yeah. Apparently my pubic synthesis is strong. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody's going to have to look that All one up later. Yeah. Uh, you can look it up. No, the it's fine. Sorry. Just jump there. Um, and so that was kind of our journey. And then we stayed an extra day cause of the jaundice and just making sure, sure he was getting, getting what he needed. And my breastfeeding journey was all sorts of ups and downs, mm-hmm. uh, which was, a good learning experience for me as a new mom. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm not in control. I can control certain things and not. And, um, so yeah, that's great. That's great. With all the detail. So we're, (laughs) I love it. And so we, uh, Waco doula, we're super excited about Aubrey's baby coming because we get to be her doulas and we're thrilled. And we actually got a call late last night. (laughs) Hey gang. I'm feeling some strong contractions, not super consistent. You might be getting a call from me. So we're like ready to go. And so we already had this recording um, scheduled. We've had to postpone it at least once. And so she, I was like, are you good to go? Yep. It all slowed down. I'm good to go. So I'm like, <laughs> fingers crossed. She's going to start breathing really strong here in a second. We're going to have strong contractions just because we're talking about it. I'm giving you the good doula mojo vibes because you're sitting here beside me and we're talking about birth and so you know i'm not gonna be surprised contractions while we've been sitting here i mean yeah it's Uh, happening yeah i won't be surprised if we go to a birth later today (laughs) which will be fabulous okay what are some closing thoughts that any of you guys have um for parents as they're thinking about um getting pregnant having a baby feeding a baby growing a baby healthy babies healthy moms. What are some of your final thoughts um, to share with some people? I mean, my biggest, like, biggest takeaway that I want people to take away from all of this is that support is available. 
Um, don't be scared to ask for support because mm-hmm. more people have been through it than you think mm-hmm. and not to wait and see. That's I good. mean, I think so many traditional providers just say, wait and see if it gets better, whether that's mm-hmm. breastfeeding, pain, baby's development or head shape. We're just always, oh, just wait and see. So get support. Don't wait and see. And there's someone here to help you. Because the worst thing that's going to happen is you go, hmm, what about this? And so instead of saying, wait and see, you just go ahead and go in with that appointment, get that consult. And then they may go, yeah, nothing's here. You're good to go. Okay, great. Now you got peace of mind and you've got a, a... got to check that box and so I mean that's the worst thing worst thing that's going to happen right is that they tell you it's all good yeah. well that, yeah. that's not bad that's a great thing mm-hmm. I think it's also important to remember that you know we hear it takes a village and we think of that village being like our friends and our family and, and the people that we're close to mm-hmm. but um, we want to be your village too mm-hmm. because we love to love on moms and to support moms and to make y'all feel confident in every aspect of your childbearing motherhood (laughs) journey. Um, So let us be your village. Let us help you. Let us feel confident in your feeding. Let us feel confident in the way that you are playing with your child and helping them meet their milestones. And let us help you feel confident in controlling your bladder and your bowels Mm -hmm. um, and just being real, really confident in, in your journey. I would say going along with that, with pelvic floor, it can be as intimate or not intimate as you need. Mm, that's and good. I want to meet you where you're at. It does not have to be as intense as people think. And every single person who goes to pelvic PT does different things. Yeah. So if your friend had to do a certain type of therapy, you may not need that therapy. Mm-hmm. And so always being upfront and open and we want to be there for you. We need you to communicate with us yeah. and really tell us what you need and what you don't need. Because mm-hmm. there are certain things that I might suggest, and you may be like, that makes me feel uncomfortable. And I'll be like, cool, let's do mm-hmm. something different. There's mm-hmm. always something else that you can do or another way to do something. Um, and any provider should be able to do that for you. Yeah. Um, you just have to let them know. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. totally agree with that from a feeding standpoint, too, because I can sit here and give you all the recommendations in the world. Um, but there's there's different ways to feed a baby, and there's different ways that are going to work best for your family. And they're you know, you know best. So let me, let me help you like divide, uh, like, let me help you make that plan that, that works best for your family and it meets your goals and your needs and your baby's, you know, needs for growth. And, and there's lots, there's lots of different ways to accomplish that. I, um, I just thought of this while we were talking. I was like, uh, hello, Micah, you have like a major personal example of what we're talking about here. And, uh, one of my kiddos was born eight pounds, 10 ounces, childbirth went great. Um, but the midwife could tell there was a few issues. And so we went to see a doctor, I don't know, within the first 24 or 48 hours or whatever. And so through a series of events and coming back in to check on some things, they noticed he was losing weight. And this was baby number four. I've already breastfed three babies that he was starting to lose some weight. Um, muscle tone was getting bad, labored breathing, you know, the whole deal. And so we end up at the hospital and they're running all kinds of tests because now it's clear he is malnourished. He is, I mean, we're watching him die for all practical purposes. I mean, like he would not wake up on his own to feed or anything like that. And so it was very scary. Um, thankfully 
there was nothing like a disease or something major wrong that meant he was actually sick and was dying. Um, what they found in all of the tests that they ran was that he had a really high narrow palate, almost like a sub cleft palate baby, but they didn't diagnose him with that. So we ended up using the Haberman feeder. And so he, cause he had abandoned everything oral. Like he wouldn't breastfeed. He just screamed and cried. And he ended up on a feeding tube before he was on the Haberman feeder. And then because of all the, all of that, that he went through, I mean, he's one years old and still really having a hard time sitting up on his own. He looks like this little bulldog because he has no muscle tones in his cheek. He's the cutest thing ever. Oh my gosh. But, and so then we go to a, you know, a speech therapist to help him talk. We saw a physical therapist to teach him how to get on his hands and knees and rock so he could crawl and all that stuff. So I say all that to say, I mean, I had, natural childbirth with a midwife. I breastfed my babies and the first three went like I expected. And as I planned, but boy, am I thankful that there were people that were able to support me and my son in his additional needs that he had. They were able to figure out what was going on with him so that he can move forward so he can be healthy. Okay. So he's about to be 21. He's amazing. Love this kid so much. So thankful for him. And I'm thankful for the support that I had. So when you said, hey, village, it's not always just family and friends. Don't be afraid of specialists because all that really means is this person is passionate about what they are doing. And so I am passionate about helping women in their in their birthing process. I'm passionate about that. But I don't want to be your childbirth educator. I definitely don't want to be your pelvic floor th- specialist. <laughs> I am all for breastfeeding, but I'm not super passionate about that support that could potentially go on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm not going to be your postpartum doula because that's too much like what I did for 20 years. No, thank you. <laughs> and so you want to hire those people that are passionate mm-hmm. about this specific yes. thing that you're needing. And that's who you want to go to. And so that's why we're not at Waco Doula kind of the full lube job. We're going to take care of everything for you from A to Z. No, I'm going to outsource. I'm going to point you to the people that have put in the time, the years, the resources, the effort, because they love it, because mm-hmm. they're passionate. That is the best support that you're going to get. And that's what I think of when I hear Village. All right, you guys, I am so, so thankful that we got to do this and I appreciate all of your wisdom, um, everything you're doing for our community and really, really enjoyed this conversation. And I get the feeling that I'll be getting a call from Aubrey later because I see the uh, faces that she's making. I told you, do the mojo. Let's have a baby. Okay. Thanks for joining us, you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Hey, thanks for joining me on Game Day, Birds Not Balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at mydoulamica. You can also find me on wagodoula.com, wagodoula is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on roguemedianetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. This 
has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Thank you.